0: I'm a convert Uh, one of the things that I heard before I came into the church was this this notion that uh, uh, Catholics did not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and of course the con the uh, the catechism points out clearly that we are called to have that relationship with Jesus Christ and that relationship is prayer
1: Hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network. And I'm joined again by my colleague, Brother Rex. Brother, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Good to have you here again, Brother. Good, good to and, be here. And thank you all for joining us uh, again, uh, you community members of the Coming Home Network, uh, part of this network of people who are exploring the Catholic faith or growing deeper in their faith in, in Christ. Uh, we're glad to have you again for another conversation about going deeper in the day-to-day walk with our Lord and the different aspects of that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about prayer, Brother Rex and I. Are, I'm making this trip out again to the, the Hermitage to have a good conversation with Brother Rex about prayer. But before we got into that, I just wanted to give you a little bit of context, uh, connect to what we've been talking uh, about recently. So, so Father Peter and I, Brother Rex, I'm not sure, uh, I mean, I'm sure you haven't missed any of the episodes. I'm sure you've listened to oh. all the upcoming, the, the recent <whistles> episodes with, um, with you know, rapt attention. But just for those <laughs> who maybe have missed some of them, uh, Father Peter and I have been talking about uh, the virtues. So we we launched into the section of the catechism uh, on life in Christ, and we've been discussing, you know, grace and our cooperation with God's grace, mm. and we really began with the virtues to give us kind of a, a common vocabulary and structure to talk about how we as humans cooperate with God's grace and put the, uh, that knowledge and that faith into action. Mm. And we spent I think four or five episodes really digging into prudence, which is sort of the cardinal of the cardinal virtues. The cardinal virtues are, are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. But prudence is this this key, uh, keystone, portal virtue into the moral life. Um, and he and I talked a lot about how uh, prudence, uh, so much of what prudence is, is, is this constant turning, this conversion back to the truth. That wherever we find ourselves, wherever our passions might be, whatever we're afraid of, whatever we desire, um, Prudence as a virtue, as a habit of soul, is a constant turning back to try to see things as they are uh, and to act uh, accordingly, to, to a, a right, reasonable response to reality is another way we might put it. So I wanted to give that context because um, as we turn to prayer, um, which is obviously the other, um, well, not the other, the, the the biggest portion of our Christian life, the biggest aspect of what it means to live a life in Christ is uh, is prayer, precisely because prayer is that relationship, as we're going to discuss mm-hmm. today. Um, but I wanted to give that context because prudence, in my eyes, uh, prudence and prayer are very much connected. Because if prudence is about this turning to reality, well, of course, prayer is that place where we, is that action, is that uh, that habit, that movement by which we really ground ourselves in reality. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's appropriate that he and I were just digging into that virtue but I think always and everywhere for the Christian, the first step of prudence, the first step in the life of, of prudence, is uh, constantly turning back to prayer.
0: I want to see. When it would seem to me that if, if prudence is a turning to reality, and reality, God is reality, right? And so, we're, our prayer is our relationship to reality. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. If Christ is the way, the truth, and the life and we're to have a relationship with that, and prayer is that relationship. Well, I'm jumping ahead of ourselves here. I wanted to, to read a little bit from the Catechism here, this, this paragraph, because it's, it's something that you referenced in our earlier conversation about prayer. Um, and it's a, it's a small notion, but I find it very profound. And so I'm going to read it, and then we'll, we'll reflect on that that piece for a moment. So this is at the beginning of Part 4 of the Catholic Catechism, uh, in the section on Christian prayer. And this is the, the introduction to Section 1, Prayer in the Christian Life. And this is paragraph 2558. Great is the mystery of the faith. The church professes this mystery in the Apostles' Creed, part one, and celebrates it in the sacramental liturgy, part two, so that the life of the faithful may be conformed to Christ in the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God, the Father, part three. This mystery then requires that the faithful believe in it, that they celebrate it, and that they live from it in a vital and personal relationship with the living and true God. This relationship is prayer. Mm,
0: mm, beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. One of the things that strikes me if, if there are individuals there who are uh, considering coming into the church, one of the, well, I'm a convert. Uh, one of the things that I heard before I came into the church was this this notion that uh, uh catholics did not have a personal relationship with the lord jesus christ and of course the con the uh, the catechism points out clearly that we are called to have that relationship with jesus christ and that relationship is prayer so um those of you who are still thinking wondering whether or not uh, we as catholics have a personal relationship with the lord jesus christ the answer to that is yes yeah uh, uh, so yeah, that's just what I wanted to throw out there.
1: Yeah, that you know that was one of the reasons why I was excited. I think for this study, you know, for a show about deep in Christ. Now, obviously, we could have we could have just walked through Scripture. We could have you know worked on a, a, one of the spiritual you know books from the doctors of the church or the fathers of the church. There are many different ways we could have structured these conversations, but I, I was excited to use the Catechism uh, as kind of our our roadmap a little bit for a number of reasons. And one was. Um, uh, well, precisely because in the context of the Coming Home Network, again, uh, you, you know, audience, especially those of you who are part of the, the Coming Home Network community, you know that that the, the purpose of the Coming Home Network is to share the truth and beauty of the Catholic Church uh, and to help those who are considering becoming Catholic. And they're often coming from evangelical, um, you know, Bible alone or certainly Bible-emphasized uh, uh, backgrounds. And so um, the Catechism is new, but what's great about the Catechism is it it's, it, relies so heavily on scripture it's permeated with scripture Um, and precisely because when people get into the catechism so many of the assumptions they may have had about the catholic church really do evaporate and that this is one of them i mean it's talking about the relationship with christ all throughout you know it's it's very evangelical language i think people would be surprised at how evangelical sounding the catechism is and so you know whether or not someone is on the verge of becoming catholic or maybe they they still have no interest, but they just are, are open to maybe learning and and uh, assessing some of their assumptions about the Catholic Church. The catechism is a great place to start because you'd really be surprised, maybe in contrast to what you thought about the Catholic Church, mm. of what you'd find in the catechism. Mm. And this is a great example. You know, we are called to this relationship with Christ, and that relationship is prayer.
0: The Pope is giving a, a teaching every week on prayer, and uh, recently he gave a teaching on prayer, uh, incorporating talking about praying the Scriptures. Yeah. Um, so that we have that beautiful relationship with the Word of God through the Word of God, which is the Scriptures, and I thought it was a beautiful, a beautiful uh, teaching that He gave.
1: Yeah, that's a again, that's another practice that people might be. Uh, some people would be surprised to find among Catholics this real emphasis on yeah, reading and praying through Scripture. That that is that is something we're called to, we're encouraged to do. You know, so I, I have a few points I want to dig into uh, in terms of. Uh, some of the paragraphs that come immediately after that in the Catechism, but before we get there, mm-hmm. just exploring this notion of of prayer as relationship. Uh, you know, once again, that that notion itself is is interesting because sometimes we we mm-hmm. see a division. Um, I, I love the way that you you've talked about it in terms of uh, sometimes people think of those things as being separate, my relationship with God in mm-hmm. prayer, but they're really they're really not. Certainly, that's not what's claimed mm-hmm. here. I think the
0: the, the, the notion of of prayer being my relationship with the Lord uh, reminds me that I am called to bring my whole self to the Lord, uh, just like I would bring my whole self to a, any other relationship uh, as best I can, maybe yeah. a little bit at a time, but um, to really engage in a conversation uh, and a listening uh, with, with the Lord, and that relationship then is strengthened, uh, grows, it Changes direction sometimes if I am a little bit off, uh, but is it is that relationship? It's not that I pray so that I can have a relationship with God. It's that the praying itself is my relationship with God. Right. And so, as I've said before, if uh, an individual tells me that they've got a great uh, a great relationship with the Lord, and I I ask them how, tell me about your prayer life, and their response is quite honestly, well, I don't I don't pray much. I am not much of a prayer. And so that leads me to wonder, hmm, how good can that relationship then really be? I can't have a relationship with someone with whom I do not communicate, either listening or talking. Right.
1: You know, talking about God, uh, having a relationship with God, even in the first place, it, it sort of leaves it that open to exploring some of the na- the analogies with our other human, with our human relationships to see how, um, that sort of, a, an assumption about that relationship, which doesn't make any sense. You know, like if I were to say about my wife, well, we have a great relationship. Well, how often do you spend time together and talk? Well, we're just, we're just too busy. It doesn't really happen. It was like, is what exactly do you think a relationship is? You know, like, right, right. Uh, yes. It's, it.
0: And when we think about prayer, when I think about prayer as relationship, mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the ideas, the, the, the teachings that the church puts forward, I'm not sure if it's a, what I would call it a teaching or an idea, but that it's certainly biblical that uh, Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and the church, we as members of it are the brides. That's a relationship. Uh, and so it's, it's the same thing that you, that you're saying, John Mark, that how can I have a relationship uh, with, if I'm married with my spouse, if I don't have, a, we don't communicate. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Another thing that that came to mind uh, in thinking about prayer is the relationship. Is uh, I was looking through the New Testament and just you know noticing that how often when prayer or praying is is mentioned, especially in the Gospels, it's it's um, it's Christ going off to pray, which you know if, from one perspective, or, or maybe if we haven't thought about it much, might strike us as odd because we we're thinking of Christ. Most of the time, as God, um, sometimes we we don't take into account, you know, being fully God and fully man. He did come and live mm-hmm. as a man, and as a man, he um, he gave us this example of prayer, and that might strike us as odd again because we we tend to just think of of, mm-hmm. of his godhead, um, but it makes sense in the sense that um, the Trinity is this relationship. You know, if again if we're thinking of prayer as just some action, some checkbox we have to perform in order that there's a relationship to earn a relationship to build a relationship um, then we might think of there being a separation there but if in fact, no prayer is the relationship it is this connection. it is you know spending time with the person well then it makes how could we think of Christ doing anything other than spending much of his life going off to be in relationship with the Father to return and enter into and be in the presence of uh, of the the Holy Trinity,
0: and I, the prayer, of course, with with our Heavenly Father, just as with Jesus, with His Heavenly Father, is uh, it it uh, it fuels then the uh, the rest of our rest of our life, right? It's it's the the Jesus would perform miracles and so, and then he would go yeah. off. He would be with the people, and then he would go off. He would them, and so he was always uh, maintaining that. A relationship with our heavenly Father, so that he could be out of that relationship, he could then go and minister to uh, to the masses, right. and that's what you and I are called to do as uh, disciples of yeah. Jesus.
1: And that has to be our constant discussion here. Again, that dynamic between. Um, our Christian life, uh, th- there's that relationship with God, and that is the first and foremost and fundamental piece. But then we're called to do things. We're called to put our faith into action. We're called to do good works. We're called to grow in holiness. We're called to you know, to, um, to practice the Beatitudes. Like th- our, our, our whole active life, though, must grow out of. It's not a balance between the two. It's one growing fundamentally out of the other. Um, mm, mm. Um, and, and of course, there's a there's a cycle there. You know, as we as we grow out of prayer and into action, well, that those good works we're cooperating with God that changes us, and that that affects our ability to be in the presence of God. So there's there's an interdependency there. But certainly, it has to begin uh, and end with that uh, that prayer, that relationship. So that's why we we keep going back here. That's the connection with prudence too. Uh, again, prudence being this first step in the the moral, the active life, but it depends on turning as we said at the beginning, turning to the reality, turning to the truth, and only acting and speaking out of that truth. But that truth that we're turning to um, is is God. Uh, that's that's our source of truth. That's the place where we, we get back to reality. And so, beautiful. Well, I wanted to turn to a, a few of the, the follow-up points in that section, the introduction. There's, there's a, a few subheadings, you know, for those of, of you that are following along with the catechism here. There, there are three subheadings. Uh, the first one is prayer as God's gift. So prayer as gift. Uh, I want to just reflect on that. And then prayer as covenant. And then prayer as communion. Um, and we won't dig too deeply into those, but there's a, there's a couple points connected to each that I, I wanted to just pick your brain a little bit on, brother. So the first mm-hmm. one, prayer as gift, I think that's, a, that's a, a really important piece of this for a number of reasons. Um, the first reason that comes to mind, um, the catechism talking about prayer as gift, um, I guess I should read a bit there. It says, prayer is the raising. This is a quote from St. Therese. Prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. But when we pray, do we speak from the height of our pride and will or out of the depths of a humble and contrite heart? He who humbles himself will be exalted. And so, uh, as I was saying, like the significant of prayer, significance of prayer as gift, the, the first thing is simply that Again, it begins with God. I mean, I think you said this in a conversation recently. Oh, hi, Claire. I see Claire in there in the background. Hello, Claire. Yeah, she is. (laughs) Claire is the cat. Vying for attention. In the the, Mm -hmm. the hermitage here. Uh, For those who are not seeing the video. (laughs) (laughs) But you had pointed out um, that even my desire to pray, even my movement towards prayer, that itself is a grace. And so that's an important thing to recognize here, that even our desire to pray, even our initial decision, you know, I probably should go pray, that itself is a grace of God.
0: And a response, a response to God, that God is making this initial request within us, uh, and that we, if I have the idea, I think I'll go pray now. It's actually a response to the Lord on a deep, deep level saying, please come spend time with me. I want to spend time with you. And so the gift of the desire to pray is, is the gift. It's a beautiful and it's a beautiful game. It's available right. to all
1: of us. Well, that's why too that the catechism is pointing us to that virtue of humility here. Uh as being so important to prayer, because if prayer is fundamentally first and foremost a gift of grace, then it can't we can't start relying on our own efforts or our own oh, I'm so righteous, I'm going to go pray, you know. I'm going to go do all these good works. No, we, it has to start from a place mm-hmm. of humility.
0: Is it that? Is that the section where it says humility is the foundation of prayer? Does yes. it say that? Oh, yeah, you know, I stopped a little bit gap. early. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: humili- that's the very mm-hmm. next sentence there. Humility is the mm-hmm. foundation of prayer.
0: The foundation yeah. of prayer, yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, being um, humble, what does it mean to be humble but to say, well, you know, I'm... <sighs> I'm just I am yeah. what I am, right? I mean, what came to me as I read that was that great friend, uh, that great quote by Francis, um, Saint Francis, uh, or at least if it's not the quote, it's at least the idea. Uh, I stand naked before the naked God, right? Standing before a crucifix, and all that's humility, yeah. right? Yeah. Here I am, uh, and uh, and that's where the relationship mm-hmm. begins. Um, the you know begins right. to go deep,
1: yeah. yeah. You know, again, the, the last couple of conversations Father Peter and I have had talking about prudence, uh, prudence too as as a virtue uh, is so connected to humility, because again, our ability to turn and be open to truth that itself is such a such a movement of humility, because it's precisely turning away from maybe my agenda, my narrative, my passion, my desire, my fear. It's turning. It's just saying no, no. I only want to. I want to know things as they are. And first and foremost, I know, want to know God as You are. I want to know uh, who I, I want to know You first. That's that's the the truth I want to be grounded in. So that humility that um, as such a, a fundamental virtue for our being openness to God and then our being able to receive receive from God and proceed into whatever He wants to do with us in our lives.
0: And that's, and again, that's a gift, right? The gift of humility. It's just it's. it's it's all grace i mean it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's amazing grace it's just god continually offering us this relationship making this first move it's not that we love god it's that god loved us right. first and then calls us you know calls us um, it's it's actually it's quite it's quite startling it, uh, many and maybe all of the world religions are man's seeking after yeah. god and ours is a God seeking relationship uh, with us, right? Catholicism, Christianity, is not primarily a religion. It is that, but not primarily. Primarily it's a relationship.
1: You know, the Catechism goes on from there to say, uh, only when we humbly acknowledge that we do not know how to pray as we ought are we ready to receive freely the gift of prayer. Man is a (laughs) beggar before God. Yeah, Isn't
0: that beautiful, though? I mean, think about that. There's really something, huh? That I, I I mean, to go before God and say, God, I I really have no idea. I have no idea how to ask for this or how to bring this to you. I am, I am wounded. I am sinful. I have no, which is humbling. And, and the scriptures say the Holy Spirit, even deeper than that, speaks Mm -hmm. on our behalf. Like, wow. Wow. It's like God does the work. I have to show up. Which is work, but it's right. not the work. God does the work in us and our work is to show mm-hmm. up humbly uh, no matter where we are on our journey. Uh, if, if I'm a little kid, you know you have little children, if, if, if they come to you, uh, they come to you no matter what, when they're having a good day, when having a bad day, uh, as mm-hmm. they understand that those terms, um, and you okay. accept them so does our Heavenly Father accept us. When in our humility we come and we say, I, I don't know, I have no idea how to handle this situation. Yeah. None. Um, and God's like, yeah, I get it. And then they intuitively, somehow, by the grace of God, intuitively know how, how to handle the situation that baffled me. Uh, and that's grace. It's because I came to our Lord and said, our Heavenly Father, and said, I got no idea, hmm. and none. I know this this needs attention, but I don't know what to do other than to bring it to you. And the Lord answers that prayer in some way or other, either through me or through another person. It's a, it's a, a magnificent thing to be able to come to our Heavenly Father as a beloved child and say, here I am know my gloriousness yeah. and my brokenness yeah. to do mm. with me what you will
1: yeah, well good stuff so prayer is a relationship. the relationship with God is prayer and prayer is God's gift. Uh, the next point that the Catechism makes there is is pointing out that prayer is a covenant um, you know and, and one of the things it digs into uh, in the in that section prayer is a covenant it, it focuses on the heart as the source of prayer. I'll I'll read uh, real quickly here. This is paragraph 2562. Where does prayer come from? Whether prayer is expressed in words or gestures, it is the whole man who prays. But in naming the source of prayer, Scripture speaks sometimes of the soul or the spirit, but most often of the heart, more than a thousand times. According, According to Scripture, it is the heart that prays. If our heart is far from God, the words of prayer are in vain. The heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live, according to the Semitic mm-hmm. or biblical expression. The heart is the place to which I withdraw. The heart is our hidden center. Again, this is this is a great, uh, you know, uh, a great thing to reflect on in terms of prayer, mm-hmm. given what we've been discussing here on Deep in Christ. Father Peter and I have talked a lot recently about how prudence is precisely this return to that that place in the heart where God dwells in a special way. Well, we need to be, fam- be familiar with that place uh, through prayer. I mean, we, we can return to that place of calm, of being in the stillness and the presence of God in order in our active life to make good decisions, to make good plans, to respond well to the events and the people and the circumstances. But that place to which we return, that, that's the heart. That's this mysterious heart of the human being that scripture often refers to. And and the heart is the is that's what the catechism is, is uh, expressing here is the heart is it's that place that's the source of prayer in us
0: like almost I mean sure. help me understand this now right. I, I, it, it seems to me that the heart then is that place where after I've after I've let down all my defenses after I'm I'm no longer uh, pretending to be somebody mm-hmm. that I'm not. Uh, or what have you? Uh, that that person I am five minutes before I doze off yeah. at night seems to me that I let down all those defenses that uh, that I've built up over the, my lifetime, and um, uh, that's where my spirit yeah. meets God's spirit. That's that's dwelling within, right? Uh, that God dwells mm-hmm. within me. There is that worth Like
1: the quote that you just gave earlier, that standing naked before the naked God. You know mm, that there's. Mm. Um, I, I heard someone point out um, a while back that sometimes we we go to God in prayer, and we say the things we think He wants to hear. You know, we <laughs> either whether it's a rote <laughs> prayer yes. or whether it's a, a lot of yes. pious things. You know that we, yes. but it's not our heart. It's not what we really feel. It's not the. It's yes. not our deepest, either our deepest loves, our deepest desires, or our deepest fears. Um, it's none of that. We just tell God what we think. Mm-hmm. Will will fit the bill mm-hmm. as a successful. This has been a successful prayer time, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm, not
0: mm-hmm, yeah, our mm-hmm. heart. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. That's my yeah. yeah I can yeah. admit that I've done that. Yes, um, and yet God loves us, right? That and that's the notion. No matter how I come to prayer, um, uh, the notion that it is a covenant and not a contract uh, makes a difference. A contract is I do my part, you do your part, and if one of us. Uh, breaks right. the contract, we're done. The covenant that God has called us into, the God who made the first move, uh, says, right. "I'm not going anywhere." Uh, the the scriptures are, are really a long, long, long story, one after the other, of uh, of our ancestors in the faith right. breaking the covenant, and God continually, continually says, "I'm holding up my end." Of this covenant I'm not going anywhere uh, and so we're able to return yeah it's a, and it, I think it's a beautiful thing as I've told people before once once I take I don't want to say this once I know that that I'm that God yeah. loves me that I am one of God's beloved through my baptism and I am rooted in that understanding that God loves me that that Covenant Lasts forever. Uh, that frees me up to be able to come to God in my relationship and admit I've made I've made mistakes. I, I'm not I'm not afraid of God that he's going that he's out to get me. Uh, I know that God loves me and God wants what's best for me, and I am able to come to Him and say, "Well, I made a I made a bloody mess of that, didn't I?" And I know that God's like, "Yeah, yeah, you did," and there are consequences. You know, welcome to reality, brother. There are consequences, but God hasn't gone anywhere, right? God is staying, staying in in the yeah. in the relationship, right? Uh, and that's that's quite something. It's breathtaking yeah. when I stop to think about it. You know, it makes me, th- especially <laughs> on my way out of, I'm so, I'm sorry, especially right. on my way out of confession, right? It's like that. It's like my goodness gracious. Uh, there's such a liberating idea that uh, here I have I have given God all of all of my junk, and God says, yeah. "Thanks for coming home."
1: You know, it reminds me of um, G.K. Yeah. Chesterton, uh, the the British author of whom I'm quite fond. Um, I think once wrote, and I can only paraphrase here. He was writing about marriage and just pointing out that the point of the marriage bond is to get. I think. To, this is my rough paraphrase that the point of the marriage bond is to get us through the failure of the honeymoon, something like that. The, the point being, <laughs> in any relationship, any human relationship or relationship with God, it, it again, it must, it mustn't be a contract, you know? It mustn't be a, what's the contract you sign for marriages? The, the people sign the um, what is it called? Prenuptials, you know that's well, prenuptial that's not agreement. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, a relationship can't survive that kind of contract because a relationship needs that bond, whereby when it's tough, when it's it's difficult, uh, I'm going to hold on to get past that rough spot, and so that's what we have. I mean, we have imperfectly in Christian marriage or really in human marriage. Um, that that's the point though of that being till death do us part is is that there is going to be rough times. Not if there's rough times, there's going to be rough times. But the bond means no. We're going to stick mm-hmm. together to get past those rough times. There's a mm-hmm. better place in this relationship. Mm-hmm. We we can be better people past those rough times, but but only if we hold on during them. Well, with 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 the Almighty mm-hmm. God, of course, we from His end we have perfect constancy, perfect unconditional mm-hmm. love, and so we mm-hmm. can keep throwing ourselves against that that solid rock of His love, and you know, mm-hmm. letting our guard down and bearing our hearts. So not that mm-hmm. He'll change because He'll never mm-hmm. change. You know, he he won't. He is hurt or wounded in 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 some respect, in the sense of perhaps the humanity that he took onto himself, but not in, in any ultimate way. He remains, and it's we that break and change you know, as a result. And that's mm-hmm. but we have a safety in that relationship that we can continue to come back to it, and as you said, let it all out mm-hmm. there, um, and the relationship mm-hmm. continues. The covenant remains. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and God is in it for the long right. haul the question is am I Right. God is in it for the long haul and uh, I think that's a. you said something earlier that, that just struck me that this notion of uh, that God transforms us right God gives us himself in prayer uh, that is God is giving us his being in prayer just as we're giving him our being and God is transforming us and in more and more back into the image and likeness of, of God in which we were created, but which was marred uh, horribly by the fall. And so it's it's not simply I I keep messing up, and uh, I just I just rem- I change. Because I'm bringing myself to God and I'm asking basically, no matter what the words are that I'm using, I'm saying, God, remove from me everything that is not of you and replace it with yourself. Remove everything from me that is not of you and replace it with yourself. That's really the essence of this relationship that we call prayer. Um, And that, again, is just a beautiful thing.
1: Well, I'm going to go on to the, that last section again in, the, in this introduction to uh, life the, of Christian prayer uh, in the catechism here. Um, the first the first section there was prayer as gift. We reflected on that. And then prayer as covenant. Uh, this this final bit is prayer as communion. And I'm going to read this piece right here because I I, mm-hmm. I like this little paragraph. And it, it connects so much to what we're talking about and then the, the preceding conversations leading up to this about virtue. Um, in the New Covenant, this is paragraph 2565. Prayer is the living relationship of the children of God with their Father, who is good beyond measure, with his Son Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. The grace of the kingdom is the union of the entire holy and royal trinity with the whole human spirit. Thus, the life of prayer is the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God and in communion with him. This communion of life is always possible because through baptism we have already been united with Christ, Prayer is Christian insofar as it is communion with Christ and extends throughout the church, which is his body. Its dimensions are those of Christ's love. It's a a beautiful Mm. paragraph, but Mm. I I was particularly drawn to that that Mm. middle sentence. Um, Thus, the life of prayer is the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Being
0: precedes doing, huh? Just being in the presence of the thrice holy God. And it doesn't say, notice... It doesn't say that that one has to take uh, monastic vows. It doesn't say that one has to uh, be married. It doesn't say that one has to be a professional churchman, as some might say. Uh, It simply says uh, uh, being, the habitual being in the presence of the thrice holy God.
1: Well, in that that, uh, reference to, to habit there, again, connects to, in my mind to to virtue. And we're talking in this conversation that, that we've been having about virtues, talking about the habits of being, the habits of soul. And I, and I like the notion of, of thinking here, you know, what are the habits connected to prayer? You know, because sometimes we we think of the externals, you know, the, the again, the things we say or the things we do, but the habit of being in the presence of God. I think of this, even on, on the human level, I've been reflecting a lot on this on my, on my marriage recently, like, there's certainly the external things, the words we say or the activities we do. But um, I'm in many ways underdeveloped still to this day as a 33-year-old man in my habit of just being in someone else's presence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sometimes I can't listen very well or I can't shut up, you know, and just be in the presence of the other person. And as you said, the being preser- precedes the doing. Yes. You know, that, um, and so, yes. so, so yes. too with God, um, the developing the habit of being in the presence of god it seems to me that that's one of the crucial pieces of prayer and i think it's helpful to have that as a groundwork too because then as we go on to oh different forms of prayer or words or reading, you know praying with scripture or other things whatever reminding ourselves that the underlying habit that we are practicing and leaning into is this habit of simply being in the presence mm-hmm. of god which puts mm-hmm, which puts mm-hmm, the dependency on mm-hmm, his grace and his work, what
0: he's doing in the prayer time, whatever we fill mm-hmm, it with. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, our culture is is made such that just uh-huh. just being uh, is a very is very difficult. Everything pushes against it, right? I mean, the, the the seasons of Advent and the seasons of Lent, which are we're called to be in a very particular way, in a very intense way. Uh, uh, not so much with Lent. Um, The culture hasn't had a lot of impact on Lent, but certainly in Advent, right? We're supposed to be practicing just being as we ponder the incarnation, the coming of our Lord. Uh, But what's our society? We we start putting out our Christmas decorations Mm -hmm. uh, now in October. Uh, And so do, do, do one more party, one more party, one more this, one more that. Uh, And so everything in our culture tends to uh, push against this notion of simply being, uh, and it's something we have to we we have to work on. And again, the grace comes from our Lord. Uh, first of all, to recognize that we need to do that, and then the ability to do it uh, is uh, yeah. is a gift.
1: Well, thank you, brother. I mean, that, I think that, that gives us a good place to start. We're going to talk more about prayer as we go. Um, this show is going to continue. We'll, uh, Father Peter and I are going to keep talking about virtue. You know, we'll. We'll continue to explore different aspects of prayer together. But this, again, is a great place to start, to really lay the foundation Um, that prayer is this relationship with God. We're called to relationship. And again, to those uh, who are not Catholic or maybe considering becoming Catholic or asking questions, you know, note right here in the catechism, it's calling us to a relationship with God. That is uh, not an optional thing for a Catholic Christian. Uh, It is an obligation. And that's hopefully something we share as fellow Christians. Um, but hopefully with that common ground, we can explore more. You know, there might be just more to the Catholic Church, more to the Catholic understanding of prayer, more to the Catholic relationship with Scripture than you may have um, uh, known before this, or maybe your, your friends and family may have, may have assumed. And so uh, that's what we're doing here, uh, as a reminder that uh, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. And we are a network of people who have embraced full communion with the Catholic Church. Uh, and if if that's you, then we want to walk alongside you. So if you go to chnetwork.org, there's a lot of resources there and videos and and podcasts and and an online community that you can walk along with other people as you explore the Catholic Church. But wherever you are in your journey, whether a lifelong Catholic or a a new Catholic or or someone, a, a fellow Christian who's simply maybe asking questions or learning more about the Catholic faith, wherever you are, Obviously, we share this common obligation to continue walking with Christ every day. And so that's what this show is about. Wherever you are, whatever stage of the Christian life, wherever you are in relation to the church, we're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to support each other and push each other in prayer and to grow in the life of holiness as our Lord commands us. So I hope this uh, uh, conversation has been edifying to you. Brother Rex, thanks for joining me again. Uh, Thank
0: you. It's great to be here with you. Appreciate it.
1: I look forward to talking again soon. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. God bless. We'll see you next week.